When has easy ever been a good thing? Really think about it for a second. Easy mac and cheese, is it better than homemade mac and cheese? No. Why do we always want things to be easy? The truth is if we want to grow, if we want to learn, if we want to be better, we have to do things the hard way. We have to do hard things. And that's what our guest is going to talk about today on the Manlyhood Mancast. Warning, applying these principles may change your life. People will look at you differently. You'll walk straighter, live bolder, and find out who you are. This is the Manlyhood Mancast. Here's your host, Josh Atcher. Gentlemen, welcome back to the Manlyhood Mancast. Listen, I want you guys to show your love for Manlyhood like this. I want you to go to manlyhood.com slash store, and I want you to buy a t-shirt, a hoodie, a mug, a sticker, and I want you to show your Manlyhood support to everybody around you. Wear that t-shirt proudly. Uh, carry that coffee mug at work, and when people ask you about it, tell them that you are a part of a movement. A part of a movement. It's not just a podcast channel that you listen to or a YouTube that you watch. No, this is a movement of men rising up and stepping in to the high calling of manhood, stepping in to be all that they can be, being better husbands, better fathers, better leaders, and you are a part of it with me. So get yourself a way to represent that. Today's guest is Jay Teagues. He has been in the military for 25 years and has got some amazing experience and some hard things that he's had to work through in his own personal life. And through that, he's learned that doing hard things is actually the secret to success. Check it out. Jay Teagues, it is great to have you on the Manlyhood Mancast. I've been following the work that you're doing with your Do Hard Things podcast, which I love that name and I love the concept. So you're doing really good stuff, and it's really cool to see the audience that you're engaging with. I'd love to be able to have you share some of your insights with our audience. I think it'd be awesome. So, well, thank, thanks for having me on. This is uh, it's always an honor and privilege to be asked to come on. And I, I appreciate the work that you're doing. And uh, you know, we're on the same mission of helping people live a, live a better life. And when I think of the, the, the phrase do hard things, you know, I, I'm a big Patriot and uh, my girlfriend made this logo and I absolutely love it. So you surprised me with it. It's got the American flag says do hard things on it. Do hard things has been, I, I grew up in a broken home. So it's been like my mantra to overcome the hardships of a broken home, fatherless home, a home where there's a lot of physical and emotional abuse. Mm. And it enabled me to get out of the situation that I was in. And I saw the military as an avenue to gravitate toward, to uh, basically close the chapter and be around some father type figures and maybe live a life of more meaning and purpose. And being in the military, it's a hard lifestyle. It's, it's, a, it's a difficult lifestyle. And I leaned on that for my success in the military. And now that I have, I have triplet daughters and I'm a single father of triplet teenage daughters, you know, I still, there's always challenge. Life just throws things at you constantly. Suffering is a part of the human dynamic, but I look at, you know, taking on challenges in a controlled environment, pushing myself, 
as a way to, it gives me, it's enabled me to have resilience and push through some very difficult periods of my life. And I just think, you know, one of my favorite books is A Man's Search for Meaning, which you want to talk about suffering. I mean, that, that this is like, you know, that uh, Victor Frankl was in all these, uh, you know, he, I think he served time in six different uh, Nazi death camps. And that was one of the things he talked about, like suffering is part of the human dynamic. And when we embrace it and find meaning in it uh, through connection with other people and having meaningful pursuits and achievement, you're going to find happiness as a, as a byproduct of that. So that's just been my mantra for success and what I have leaned on to, to navigate a lot of different bad things that have happened in my life. And I'm always in pursuit of doing the difficult thing and trying to help other people do the same thing. You mentioned Viktor Frankl, and I do love the book, and I love his story. And I know that he was a psychologist or psychiatrist. He actually, you know, practiced. Like, he's not just philosophy, but he actually practiced and helped people. And I can I can so picture sitting on the couch in his office and, like, complaining about my day and having him be like, well, let me tell you about a real hard day. Yeah, yeah. Hold my beer and watch this. You know, it's like <laughs> that. You know, when you read that book, like, it puts, like, no matter how bad of a day you're having or what kind of, you know, and, and I've had that, I've had, I've had those moments where I just thought my life was just horrible. You pick up a book like that and it's like, wow, you know what? Just shut the hell up. Like it's time to sack up and let's uh, let's, you know, let, let's maybe change some things in our life. And it gives you a new perspective that things could always be worse. Definitely. And I think that, you know, I mean, I, I kind of joke about that, obviously that, you know, I could picture him saying that, but he actually, in observing people at the absolute worst possible adversity you can imagine, I think it does unlock something for us in, you know, Oh, my car broke down or I got a flat tire or my boss just fired me, you know, like those are nothing, but I think the response is kind of the same, you know, at least that's kind of my take on it when I, when I read the book and I think about it. Yeah. It just gives you like a a perspective and, you know, I, I listened to a lot of Tony Robbins and, and I was listening to him not too long ago. I think it was on Tim Ferriss podcast. He talks about you have two states of mind. You're either in a beautiful state of mind where you're feeling positive emotions, happiness, joy, you know, gratitude, or you're suffering. And being in a negative emotional state is a form of suffering, you know, being depressed, being pissed off, being angry, uh, feeling shame, all, all those negative feelings. And you're either in one of those two states. And what I appreciate about, you know, personal development is that, you know, and the people that are listening to this are, you know, we're, we're all working on bettering ourselves. The more that I've engaged in this, it enables me to pivot faster when I'm feeling that suffering, those negative emotions I don't want to feel. It's like, oh, shit, I'm pissed off about something right now. Well, what is it? Okay, well, let me detach from that. This is what I need to do to make myself happy. Okay, maybe I'll just go for a run, go work out, go do something with my girlfriend, you know, detach from that moment. Jocko talks about being able to detach. I find the more that I engage in personal development, the easier it is for me to detach my emotions. Not that the emotions aren't valid. It's your survival mechanism telling you that something is wrong, but not to stew on it, right? And so what I've learned over time is that instead of having bad months and weeks, because I was in a depressive state at one point in my life where I, I had seriously considered taking my life. And in an effort to like just... The, the one of the, the the most courageous things that I ever did was choosing to live when I just wanted to tap out. And my daughters were my that 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 is what I wanted to I I, 
I've had people take their life. I've had six people, family members and other soldiers take their lives. So I've been around suicide a lot. When you're around suicide, the propensity is, is amplified that you could take your own life. I don't know what that is about the psychology of that, but it's, it's, it's true. But I wanted, I could not fathom doing that to my daughters. And I'm like, okay, how is it that some people just seem to have it all? And they, they just, they seem like their life is together. Uh, they, they have it all and they're constantly happy. Like what? So I just be like studied like psychology of this. Cause I, I want to learn how to be happy. And cause for most of my life, I felt like I was miserable. I felt like I was suffering emotionally. And that's one of the reasons I became a high performance coach is to help other people not make the same mistakes that I did and not to suffer like I did for so long. And by studying psychology and just some simple tricks and some simple habits of high performing people, you sprinkle that in your life and it can fundamentally change your life and make you happier. So, yeah. A friend of mine always tells me that the healing is in the helping. Yeah. 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 When you're, when you're giving and you're helping and you're creating, you know, uh, you can heal and, and it, the byproduct of that is also happiness and connection and it's fulfilling. It's, it's living a fulfilling life. So not that I want to dwell on the darkness, but if we're going to do hard things, let's maybe go there a little bit. You know, you talked about that, that point when you were at your lowest, what, what was the turning point for you? What, what made you say, no, I'm not going to go here. So I would say this was probably maybe about eight years ago or so. I was in a point in my career. I've had a successful military career. I was enlisted for many years. I ultimately commissioned. But, you know, as you take on more rank in the military, more responsibility, there are periods in my career as an officer that, you know, anyone that served as an officer knows that you, you have periods of command, which is like the highlight of your time. And then there's other periods of time where you're doing staff work. It's just not as fulfilling. So my work had become a little bit unfulfilling, even though I'm, I'm proud to serve in the military and, and I love it. I'm still, I'm still serving. I have about another year left to go. But I just found myself at a low point with that. My uh, my ex-wife and I at the time, we were married at the time, were not doing well at all. We weren't we weren't connected. And but we stayed together for the kids. We're trying to make it work, but it just wasn't, it just it was there was just a lot of unhappiness, just discontentment, also dealing with demons from my past. And then dealing with demons from, you know, my, my upbringing, you know, abusive upbringing, and then demons from, you know, combat and going to war and the situations the army put me in. It was like a perfect storm of just like, I just, I just felt stuck and hopeless and like, there was no getting out of the army right away. Didn't see a lot of hope in my marriage at the time. Uh, I just felt completely unfulfilled just these thoughts lingered and they just got stronger and stronger. I just didn't want to crawl out of bed in the morning, but I, I did what so many do. Like I, I had to play that role. I played the role very well. If I would have taken my life, it would have been one of those that it would have been a shocking situation for people, but I was deeply hurting inside. And the only way out I could feel was just, I, I kept thinking about taking my 45 and going down the back of the hill. And I, I had a whole plan mapped out. And that thought just kept popping in my head and popping in my head. I'm like, no, I can't. So what I'm like, okay, something is obviously wrong with me. And uh, in the military, when I first came in, I, I came in about 95, it was very taboo to go seek help. Uh, and they, that culture has changed in the last 10 years or so. But even at that time, like I was still apprehensive about it because I've been in the military for so long and I'm like, I'm going to get labeled. It's going to affect my career. I can't really seek help. But I got to a point like, okay, I can't, I can't advance in my career if I'm not here. 
And I talked to some other people and they kind of opened up to me, some people that I respected, some leaders. And so I sought therapy, but what, and that, that helps. But what really helped was I started looking at people that I respected the most, the people that uh, some senior officers that I served with that had, it seemed like they had all their stuff together had a great family. They were working the stressful job, but they seemed to like just be able to manage it all. And I looked at other people that uh, other friends and other people that I just respected. And I started to like, look at their habits. Like, what are they doing? And what the common denominator amongst all of them was they were avid readers, avid readers. And I'd never read much. I mean, I went to college and I read the books that were, I was required to read, but I wasn't an avid reader. And I doubled down on my physical fitness. I mean, physical fitness is a part of military life, but uh, I started doing like P90X and some of these other in-home fitness programs, really committed to it. And I stumbled across one of my mentors who he was a Beachbody coach and a very successful Beachbody coach. But what I appreciate about him was he had a lot of YouTube videos on personal development. And he talked about the books that he read and I got in contact with him because I was doing P90X and whatnot. I, I had a lot of commonality, but he was outside the army. So I could kind of, you know, kind of talk to him a little bit. I felt like I, I could approach him a little bit more. And so um, he got me turned on to a book called um, The Slide Edge by Jeff Olson. And in The Slide Edge, it basically talks about uh, your, your basic daily habits. Like you're either improving or you're declining. And it's like, if you just read 10 pages of a, uh, 10 pages a day of a book, you could get through, you know, 15 a year. And one book can fundamentally transform your life. Like we were just talking about a man's search for meaning. That, that book there was like an eye opener. You find the right books that can unlock some things. So I just committed, I'm going to read 10 pages a day and I'm going to start replacing some negative habits like my drinking, I curb my drinking. I was playing a lot of video games, like a form of escapism. I got into doing like endurance sports again. Um, I started, you know, where did I spend my time? I forced myself like on the weekends when I just wanted to lay around and not do anything, like get up get my ass out, go to where my friends are, even though I didn't want to go, but I forced myself to do those things. And, and, and I started reading and I really zoned in on my, my morning routine. I, I also noticed I was waking up in reaction mode a lot. So I was waking up work calls, you know, uh, little, three little girls, all, you know, problems of the world. And, and, and this is one thing that I teach in high performance is like, if you want to own the day, own the morning, I got up earlier. So I went to bed earlier. I wasn't staying up all night playing video games as a form of escapism. I was reading. I was making sure that I was eating right, exercising, curbing the drinking, doing positive things. And those periods were like those months where I was feeling bad. I'd start to have a good day here and there. And, and the months, you know, went to maybe weeks and maybe a handful of days. And the, I, I started becoming a little bit happier and happier. Now, ultimately, my marriage um, didn't last and I ultimately got a divorce. So I went into another kind of a slump period when I was in command where I really had to like keep it all together. That was hard, but what got me through it was the tools that I developed from that period before and doubling down on the personal development. I really got involved in podcasts. I really got involved in like groups and going to events and then group coaching and then one-on-one coaching fundamentally transformed my life, which is like, you know what? there's so many people that need this. I, I I can do this and I want to help other people, but it's still, it's still, I have to stay focused or I can gravitate down some dark paths. My, my mother had mental health issues and mental health issues is is, is quite prevalent. In fact, I just had, um, uh, it wasn't a friend of mine, but someone that I knew, but I have friends that, uh, uh, someone in, in St. Louis had recently just taken their life 
in the triathlon community. And so many of like my friends, they're all endurance racers, all knew him. And he was one of, it was completely shocked everyone. Everyone just thought that he had his stuff together. And, and, and there are a lot of people that are suffering in silence. And I, 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 if I would have taken my life, it would have been as shocking as that because I was suffering in silence. And I know that there are a lot of people out there that are doing that. And so I guess that was around a, a long, long way around answer of saying, you know, I, I think it's important to engage in personal development. And if you're listening to this and you're one of those people that are suffering, like go seek help. It's okay to talk to a therapist and get a team of people around you that that's love you and support you. And you may radical change requires radical change. So you're going to have to roll up your sleeves and lean in on the work, do the hard things that are necessary to take control of your life. You have to take command of your life and your situation. And so many people, I think when you lose hope and you don't see a way out, that's when you ultimately, you know, take your life. Yeah. I know a lot of guys who have been in that spot and they don't feel that they can open up. They can't talk to anybody. And, you know, we honestly, you know, my, my take on mental health is I think we're all bat crap crazy. I think everybody is to a degree in in all different kinds of ways, you know, but you know, we're, we're all nuts, which means you're not alone. And I think when we can own that and understand that, then that's the starting place where it's like, you know, and what we have to do then is we have to then understand if we're all crazy, then stop judging the guy that is struggling, you know, because you're crazy too, you know, and no matter where we're at, we all need some degree of help at some point, you know, and that doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean you're worthless. It means that just like, you know, we were talking earlier and I've got Lyme's disease. I needed to go to the doctor and get treatment for that. You know, Um, you know, if you've got a sickness, you got to go get it fixed. If you've got a, you know, a, infection you got to go get it cleared up it's health it's health care absolutely and uh you know the 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 troubling thing about mental health it's just hard to see but uh like you said we all have a version of we're all a little off that's what makes us uniquely us is that we we're all completely different but i think the pitfall and i think the the problem that we have is that we're so caught up in what other people think of us we're so caught up in trying to keep up with the pressures of social media and because we live in the most abundant time in, in the history of mankind, like we should, but our basic survival instincts doesn't, I don't think it knows really what to do. So now we're just making up things that cause the suffering, uh, the, the, the uh, comparison syndrome, or I'm not good enough, or because if you really think about, you know, our life here, it, it, if you look at your life, it's really pretty damn good. I mean, if you live in the United States, you're still in the top, you know, 99% of all income earners in the world. Like you look at people in Afghanistan at the time that we're recording this, like it was just a week ago or so there's people clinging to a C-17 Globemaster trying to get out of Kabul, you know, trying to come here <laughs> and, and, you know, risking their life and falling off the plane. Like it, people would give any, like your worst day is some people's like, fantasy, you know, and oftentimes we just lose touch with our own reality. We lose touch with gratitude. And when we, you know, peel back a lot of those things and just take a time out and we start, you know, do the self-care that's necessary. We realize that, Hey, life is much better than, than we give credit to oftentimes. Jay, I love kind of scrolling through your Instagram feed, which I've, I've kind of done not for uh, the sake of 
comparison or anything else, but I do like watching the things that you do because you've always got some kind of adventure in front of you. You know, I mean, it, that, that I think looks like a lot of fun. Does that, is that something that, is that how you challenge yourself, you know, with, with uh, climbing a mountain or, or something, you know, is, is that kind of what challenges you? Yeah, I'm always putting myself in difficult, uh, difficult situations or something where I'm challenged mentally or physically. I gravitate toward physical things just because I like endurance events. I like to see how far I can push the mind and the body. And I mean, like this year, I did uh, a couple 150 mile bike rides. Uh, I'm, I'm into gravel road racing. I used to be in the mountain. I've done a little bit of everything in the endurance realm, but this year I'm really focused on gravel racing. I've got a couple 50 Ks lined up. Uh, a buddy of mine, mentor I was telling you about that uh, actually reached out to me a few years ago. And he's the one that invited me out to go climb, climb the uh, middle Teton. And that was like, there were periods in my life where I would have probably turned those things down when they were, when people invite me out because there's always something to do or there's always resistance. And there's always, Oh, I gotta, I gotta take the dog to the kennel or I gotta, you know, figure out childcare. When those moments come up now, like if it's a hell yeah, I'm, I'm going. And so he, he basically texted me on a Wednesday. He's like, I know this is short notice. I know I haven't talked to you in a while, but would you want to come out and do the climb the grand Teton? I'm like, man, what would it take for me to do that? Yeah. There's a lot of resistance. I got to, but I was already off work and I'm like, okay, I got to pay for a plane ticket. I just got to get my ass out there. And I asked my girlfriend, she wanted to go and she was like, hell yeah, let's do it. And we just went and did it. And it was, it was an epic adventure where we, that, that was a, that was a challenge. He said, hike. I didn't realize that was like a legit, like mountaineering adventure climb. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, always finding something to go do like experiences uh, this last weekend, what is another last minute? Hey, a friend of mine said, Hey, you want to come out to Florida? And I'm like, yeah, let's go to Florida. So we went out there and, and uh, we kayaked and just had a great time over the Labor Day weekend. And so saying hell yeah. And looking at life, like I find that by having experiences like that and doing things, traveling, you're so engrossed in the moment and you get to see the world and you get to meet other people. And I forget about, you know, the rest of my, my day-to-day life that, you know, that I just find like when I'm climbing a mountain or I'm in a big bike race, like I'm just focused at the task at hand and you go through different dynamics throughout that because in the early part of that, you feel fresh. And then when you start to get hot, uh, hungry, you start to get tired and you have to start like, that's when it gets really difficult and you really like have to push through and you really find that form of uh, suffering. Um, but there's such a level of fulfillment by completing it. And then the level of connection that you get with other competitors that were in that same situation, you have a common bond because you guys just suffered through something very difficult together. And it was like an experience, you know, and I always remember those that, you know, I, I spent so many, there were periods in my time, especially like my early twenties where I played video games, like nonstop. I don't remember a lot of my twenties. Like it was so, yeah, at the time it was a form of escapism, but it was so unfulfilling, unrewarding. It was just a complete waste of time. But when I have these adventures, man, I always have like this like thing to think about, or uh, it's just a great fond memory where I was able to connect with people or looking forward to having something on the calendar to go do or having a purpose to train. It's those meaningful pursuits, uh, having something meaningful to go and do. And so I find I, I like adventure things anyway. It's maybe one of the reasons I joined the military. Um, so I gravitate toward adventure and doing things. I, I love being in the outdoors. I find like I'm more connected to the universe and higher power when I'm outdoors. And 
it's just, it's just great. I think I wish more people would get out there and, and, and do that. And that's, that's, that's going to be a fundamental part of my, my coaching. I'm, I'm, I'm a fairly new coach, but as I transition from the military and I have more time, I want to take people out on excursions and bring my coaching and take people out like on an adventure like that. So they can get the same sense. A lot of people just don't know. They might be intimidated. They might be scared. They may not know anyone that does those types of things. And they just need, you know, some encouragement, someone that's been there. And, and uh, if I could bring my coaching to that, the mindset coaching along with it, I think it'd be a powerful experience. So there's some other coaches that do that. Yeah, I think that'd be awesome. I know um, when I think about my own life, you know, I actually, there's some realizations that I've had in my own life recently. You know, when you start running into those walls and you're like, why do I keep hitting the same wall over and over? And I'm starting to realize and understand, like, like if I see hardship or I see pain, I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. That's enough. You know, and I'm starting to recognize like, okay, so that's why I only go this far. That's why I only succeed this much because I'm not willing to push past that hardship. So I'm kind of trying to learn and trying to work through that myself. You know, it's funny, you know, I, everybody's always like, you know, Oh, Josh, thank you so much for the work you do at manlyhood. You know, I'm like, yeah, I, you got to understand I do this because it helps me. Oh yeah. Uh, Same, same, same. This, this is tremendously helpful to me. It's my ability to contribute, but it keeps me focused. And I, so I'm there with you. I I think anyone that's doing this type of work, I mean, I think there's a level of selfishness that goes along with it. I love having these conversations. I mean, I, if no one listened to this pod, and I hope lots of people listen to this get a lot of value, but I'm getting value. I was just looking forward to this, just to having a great conversation with you. And I'm excited for other people to hear it. I hope other people get value. But selfishly, like I'm looking forward to talking to Josh tonight about something cool in personal development. Yeah, that's that's kind of honestly, it, it's really been really a neat experience for me this past. You know, I, I work work way ahead. You know, people are watching this. It might be a couple months before this airs, and so I'm kind of trying to get a whole bunch of them done all at once. So I've been interviewing. Sometimes I'm doing like two three interviews a day. That's awesome. And, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm listening to the back and forth and listening to the conversations. And it's like every conversation they get to have with somebody, I'm, I'm being enriched, you know, I'm learning yeah. something. And so I'm really challenged, you know, just hearing your story about, you know, how, how uh, I love that concept, man, of, of, all right, so you want to get better, do something hard. Yeah. You know, that, that is, and, and I, if I think about the times in my life where I've done better, that's when I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> when I said, okay, let's do this, let's buckle down and let's make this happen. That's when I'm better. You know? and, and hard, hard is different for every single person. Like you don't have to go out and, and ride a 150 mile bike race. Uh, hard could be, you know, maybe training for a 5k, you know, maybe you haven't worked out much and maybe it's just committing to like a, a program like P90X or something like that. You know, something I, I've recently uh, finished up 75 hard, you know, and there's like, there's so many different things that you can do. Maybe it's picking up a guitar and learning and play an instrument. That's hard, right? So maybe it's learning Excel, like a computer program. Someone's going to help you at work. The hard is, you know, there's one of my, uh, uh, a great book called Grit um, by Angela Duckworth talks specifically about that. What her family does, they have the do hard things challenge where, Everyone in the family at every given moment is doing something that's challenging themselves. They're, they're training in a sport. They're picking, they're playing an instrument. They're doing something that's training the mind and body, something that's uncomfortable. And that way you're constantly you're constantly being pushed. And when you're having those moments of discomfort, it enables you to have gratitude for those moments. That's why one of the great things about 75 hard 
is a, and I still do this when I'm not on program is I go in, I wake up in the morning, I turn on a cold shower. I didn't used to do that. When I first started 75 hard and got in that second phase where you had to do that, I hated it. Like this is miserable, but it reminds me of those times where I was on deployment. And I, I mean, I've, I've went up to 28, I think it's 28 days without a shower or when we did have a shower, it was just cold. Um, and it makes me grateful for that hot cup of coffee. It makes me grateful for the towel. I turn the knob on hot before I get out at least one, you know? So it reminds me like I have the power. I live in a country where I can turn this on. I haven't always had that. And so that level of gratitude enables you to really take a look at your life. And like the things that really are difficult in your, or the things that are causing you a lot of pain are really just, it's your own subconscious playing tricks on you. And, you know, when you, when you employ gratitude much more frequently, I mean, that, that's fundamentally changed everything for me is looking at my life and being, just being grateful for what I have. Cause I was always chasing something. It's never quite content, but uh, when I practice gratitude and I do these little things like that, it makes me far more grateful. So what, what does uh, practicing gratitude look like for you? Do you do it as a discipline? Like maybe take, what does it look like for you? When I, when I get up at part of my morning routine, I get up and just, I don't do a lot of in-depth journaling, but I try, I write down three things that I'm grateful for. And I try not to make it the same thing, like, oh, my friends and my family and my kids, you know, but I, I, I try to e- even little things like my hot cup of coffee, my steaming cup of coffee that I just, I, I like uh, uh, bulletproof coffee. So I'll put a little butter in there and some MCT oil just tastes good. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just the shirt that I'm wearing is about to go work out or something like that. And maybe it's a shirt. I got a lot of race shirts, you know, and I'm like, man, I was really grateful for that experience that I got to do that. Uh, maybe it's thinking about an experience that I had and try to relive that moment, like closing my eyes. And uh, something I learned is like, put your hand over your heart and like breathe into your heart and like relive that experience and put yourself like, what were the emotions that you were feeling then? You know, how did you show up in that moment? And you relive that experience and it, you can't be pissed off when you're reliving a, a joyous moment in your life. It's impossible to, to be upset when you're reliving something like that. But it does take, it's easy. It's something that's easy to do, but it's also easy not to do. And that's where we get tripped up. Like that's one of the the points in the book, the slight edge is like a lot of these little things that we should be doing They're It's, they're easy to do, but they're easier not to do. So we don't do them. We gravitate toward comfort and the path of least resistance because it only takes, you can do like a release meditation, like two minutes. It can fundamentally like bring you down and, and, and make clear your mind but we don't take the time to do it. Cause it's just like one extra thing you got to do, but it's, it's having the discipline to do those little things like having that gratitude and taking the moment and getting a, a pen out and writing out a couple things you're grateful for. Sometimes it'll just be a social media post in the morning too. Um, but uh, yeah, gratitude, try to relive the moment if I have time to do that or write it down or make a social media post. I know that I've read that um, gratitude is like they've done scientific studies and people who express gratitude intentionally, like, like what we're talking about here, you know, it actually reduces anxiety symptoms. It actually reduces depression symptoms. And, you know, I remember, you know, when my kids were growing up and they would struggle with anxiety and they'd be struggling, I'd say, okay, quick name five things you're thankful for. And they would, yeah. they hated me for it. Cause it was like, Oh dad, this is annoying. But I, you know, I, I know that it, it helped me, Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, and I, I, if it didn't help them, at least it maybe gave them a tool that at some point in their life will help them. But I do that in the car when my kids are like 
bickering at each other because they're all in eighth grade. They're 13 year old oh, yeah. daughters. <laughs> they bicker. Three of them. Like, all right. Hey, say something nice, compliment one another, or hey, what, what's one thing you're grateful for? Try to completely shift the conversation. And sometimes I got to like, I got to pull it out of them because they're just, they're just pissed off with their sister. You know, I'm like, okay, let's calm down. Let's reframe our mindset and try to get them in the habit of doing that. And uh, it's hard to do sometimes. It's hard when you're, you know, flustered, you know, to do it, but the more reps uh, and, and I'm hoping that they pick up on all that. I'm sure they are. They're always watching. Uh, They'll maybe incorporate that into their life, you know, but I wish I knew that when I was younger and I wish, you know, someone would have taught that to me. I love that you, when you describe it as the more reps that you do, you know, just thinking about those things as a muscle that yeah. we exercise, you know, yes, it's in your brain, but no, like that, that's a really good concept and a good idea. You know, that when you do it over and you repeat it and you try it, you're actually making that part of yourself stronger. Yeah. Most of the people that I, that I coach with are, they tend to be active or they're in a, a program. So I tend to bring a lot of those principles of working out. Cause it's one of those uncomfortable things that you do every day. Like uh, we always say, I've got a group called the forge and it's forge Friday. So on forge Friday, what's that one extra thing that you could do before the end of the day, everyone else is thinking about beer 30 and, and getting out of the office as quickly as you could. But if you spent 20, 30 minutes, maybe an hour, it's like that one extra rep in the gym you know, you're going to beat the competition. If you're in sales, you do that every week over the course of a year, that one extra hour when everyone else is checked out, you're going to win. And, and, and what's that neat, that thing that you can move the needle uh, forward in your life. It's that one extra rep in the gym. And, and people really, you know, they, they, they like that uh, analogy. Cause it's, it's just that, like, uh, what's that quote? I think it's um, Muhammad Ali or Arnold Schwarzenegger. When they say they, they do the sit-ups, like, they don't, they don't count the first 50 or so. They count when it starts to get hard. That's when they start the counting because those are the ones that matter, right? And right. Uh, so the, that it's those moments that are the ones that make the, the, the difference. Hmm. The things that are easy to do, the things that are easy not to do. So let's say we've got a guy that's listening and he is not content with where he's at in his life. Maybe he's got some marriage problems. He's got issues with his kids, not happy with his work. And, you know, when we start talking about those little disciplines, it almost seems like that's not fixing my problem. You know, what, what do you say to him? I mean, I think it, I think it does. It's a big part of fixing the problem. How do we, how do we connect that dot from start here to it's going to help? Yeah, I think it's, um, I always say, you know, radical change requires radical change. If you want to radically transform your life, you're going to have to do some things that are going to to change. And you can't control other people. Like you might be upset with your wife and want her to change her behaviors, but you can't control her and you can't always control your kids. But what you can control, control the controllables. You can control yourself and how you show up. So, you know, I make the case of if you can start changing yourself one, it'll, you know, you've probably been saying things to your wife for years that you're going to do this or you're going to do that and you haven't been. You've probably been saying the same things to your kids. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do that for you. And, and you don't because you're just in this rut. And when you truly start to take care of yourself, you're, you're, I, and I'm, I'm a big proponent. You start taking care of your fitness. When you start feeling better, 
then you're going to have more energy to do the other things as well. You're going to sleep better. Maybe you start getting up earlier and that's going to lead to maybe, okay, let's start picking up a book and reading that. And let's start fundamentally doing the work on ourselves. And then in time, people are going to notice that change in you. And then they're going to start to believe you because they haven't believed you for so long, but you have to role model the way and it start the change starts with yourself. And so before you can, um, I think before you, before you do anything else, you really got to figure out, you know, what it is that you want, what, what is it about your life that you don't like and what could you do to start making the change? And like I said, focus on yourself first and then, you know, then try to get the kids and then you're going to have greater influence because they're going to know that you're finally serious, I think. Yeah, I think I definitely agree. I think that um, we want respect, right, at work, at home, you know, with from our kids. We want respect, but when we don't respect ourselves enough to do what we need to do, we're not going to get it. You know, it's almost like a self-defeating you know, we, we create this, the situation where yeah. the very thing we want, we're not going to get. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that I learned is, you know, especially from my previous marriage and, and at hindsight being in 2020, it's something that they don't teach in high school. They don't talk about is the five love languages. I failed. I didn't know what the love languages were. My ex-wife and I didn't speak the same love language. I thought that I was depositing in her love tank and she thought she was depositing in mine. And we're just always, you know, it, it just got to that boiling point And then, you know, and then my ability to connect with my kids when I learned that too, it really helped me connect with my kids better. So there, there are a lot of like little nuances like that, the little things that I just didn't know that had I known probably could have changed everything. And once again, I, I, I coach some couples as well. And I've had couples where it's like, they have different love languages and it's like, you know, what's, what is loving to you is not loving to her. She wants you to vacuum the floor. I know it sounds crazy, but that's what she wants you to do she'll feel like you're loving her by vacuuming the floor and taking out the trash, do those things and make it a habit to do it every day. And then they start doing it. And it's like fundamentally change your relationship, you know, but it's, it's having that wisdom and that knowledge. Hence the, the, the compelling case for doing personal development. Some of these, these little tricks and tools will really pay off dividends. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people, especially when it comes to marriage and relationships, I think they just think that love is enough. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, r- r- I love her. I, it's it's easy. It, it, you know, you have to put in the work. You know, yeah. you have to put in the work if you want that to to work out, and you have to it's, learn. It's easy the first two years, and then it gets difficult because that that uh, that you start to fall out of love, and then it becomes work. You guys, you become really comfortable with one another, and it, it actually requires work, and it actually requires some tolerance, and requires you to, you know, um, have that deposit into the love tank, so to speak. Yeah, my wife and I, uh, had, we got married in 1998, and we had twins on our one-year wedding anniversary. So That's we're both awesome. kind of multiple dads here, you know. That that was a fun experience. Yeah. Um, it was the 4th of July, 99, we had twins on our one-year wedding anniversary. But That's I, awesome. um, in our, we've had ups and downs in our marriage. Most of the downs were my fault, if I'm honest. Um, and, you know, there's this awesome point that happens when you do the work and you put the time in where you actually like you re- like, yes, there's days you wake up and you don't have the butterflies, right. Like that you get when you first start. But I love that when I see my wife, like it, it's richer, you know, 
like when it can grow, you know, I know that you're dating now and, you know, you've got a girlfriend now and, you know, so as it grows, man, it, the more time that you can invest, it goes from the butterflies and the, the fun to this like dark, rich chocolate. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it's awesome. And, and uh, yeah, I definitely am grateful for that consistency on her part when I wasn't consistent. And I'm grateful that we have been able to really build something special, you know? So I, I you know, I, I love to talk about it because, <laughs> you know, we, we've got something pretty cool now and, and, uh, and, you know, and look, and you can be 20 years in and all of a sudden you have a hiccup that you didn't know was there, you know, when you, that work that on yourself that needs to come out, you know, we, we had a, a rough patch, you know, I think coronavirus drew out the worst in everybody. And so if you've got junk inside and pressure comes, that junk is going to come out and then you have to start working through it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I like how you describe that. It's like, it's the rich chocolate. It's like, it reminds me of like happiness. You can find happiness in a six pack of beer after a hard day of work. You can sit on your couch, drink a six pack of beer. You can play video games. You can, you can find little moments of happiness, but the enduring happiness, like the, the stuff that is fulfilling that requires work, just like your, your marriage, like that enduring happiness with that enriched feeling that you have with your, with your wife. It's, it's, that's from doing, having those fulfilling moments and doing the, the, the work and respecting and loving one another on a deeper level. And it's the same with happiness or anything else in life. You want to get to the meat, you got to do the work that's required. Yeah. So I think you've given some excellent advice, really excellent advice. I love this, this idea of, of, all right, let's do something hard, but I love that. It's not just like hard, difficult, like it's even hard fun, you know, like that's, oh, yeah. I, I, I like that idea. I, I like the idea of saying, okay, let's challenge yourself with something that you like or care about, you know? Absolutely. It's going to find uh I heard Brendan Bouchard, he's got like this uh, framework. It's like a triangle. And it, 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 when I look at the man search for meaning, it basically highlights that. But if you, there's basically three things. If you want to pursue like enduring happiness and you want to grow, there's three things that you need to focus on. What are the feelings that you want to feel in life? What, what are the things that make you feel alive? You know, gratitude, happiness, joy. What are the activities that make you feel that way? And oftentimes when, like we were talking about earlier, when I find someone that's, that's been stuck, like, Hey, well, what are some of the things that you did when you were a kid that you just absolutely love? And for me, you know, when I, when I started uh, dissecting that in my own life, it was like, you know, my favorite, my fondest memories were camping with my grandparents. They had an old Winnebago. We used to go out in the, in California and my brother would be there. My grandparents were awesome. And I, I just loved being there. My, my parents weren't there. So it was like a, a break from, from that chaos. And I absolutely loved it. So I start, you know what? I'm going to go get a, you know, I got a, I got a forerunner with a rooftop tent. I go out in the woods. I go out camping because it's like the things that I loved doing when I was a kid, riding my bike. You know, now I'm riding in like races and stuff like that, but I like just going out riding, riding a bike. But what are the activities that make you feel alive? What are the feelings that you want to feel? And then connect the dots. Like what are the activities? Now start plugging those activities into your life. The next thing is connection. We need deep uh, the, the greatest human desires to feel loved and appreciated and to love and appreciate others. So look at your friends. Are they the people that clap when you win 
or are they people that just give you crap and just they're they're draining you? Because maybe you need to change up your friend pool. And sometimes sometimes it's family. Sometimes it's family that drains you. Sometimes everyone's got a volume knob, so sometimes you got to turn the volume down on some people and kind of detach from it. Now we want to love our family and whatnot, but sometimes we just got to like, you know, d- detach from that. But maybe we need to shake up our friend pool and find meaningful, deeper connection somehow. And then it's having the meaningful pursuit. It's doing the challenge, the things that challenge it, challenges you, whether it's, you know, maybe, you know, pursuing education or climbing a mountain or a, a, a race, or maybe it's a workout routine or learning how to play guitar, but something that's meaningful. We need, uh, humans need to be able to create and they need to have a sense of fulfillment. When you do something difficult, you, you find it. So when you find balance and feeling alive connection in your meaningful pursuits, you're going to grow and you're going to have that fulfilling, enduring happiness as a byproduct. And that's um, oftentimes I think people seek comfort as a way for happiness, but comfort, I, I, I happiness is something he talks about this in the book too. I mean, we, I just had a podcast on this book. It comes up all the time. Um, he says that happiness can't be pursued. It's ensued. It's, it's a byproduct. It's mm-hmm. you do these things and it will just magically happen in, into your life. And kind of going back to the Tony Robbins bit, like you have two states of mind, you can be in a beautiful state or you can be in a suffering state and you have the choice. There's always going to be moments of suffering in your life. And it's how you choose at that moment to show up, you know? And when I find myself doing these difficult things, I feel like when life throws its suffering and misery at me, I can deal with it a lot better than I could years ago when I was at my low point. Yeah. I like to picture the difference between happiness and joy. You know, happiness is fleeting. Happiness is not necessarily a good goal because it doesn't stick around. It's a feeling, you know, whereas joy is a choice, you know, and you choose it. You choose to have that. I choose to be joyful I choose to express my gratitude. I choose to express uh, joy. I choose to smile, even though my world is falling apart, you know, and that's not easy to do. It's not, it's not. And that's why the the more you get into the the gym of personal development and you just do it more and you, you lift more weights and you do the work and put the reps in, it becomes easier to pivot, but it does. It's a practice. It's a daily conscious effort and practice Every day I got a podcast on, I'm reading a book I'm, and, and over time it has enabled me to really, really like gain a lot of wisdom and I can detach. I still have bad days. I still get pissed off. I still lose my shit on my kids. Sometimes I'm not proud of those moments, but I can pivot and I'm a hell of a lot better than I was 10 years ago. I'll tell you that. Um, and so the more that you engage in it and it's fundamentally made my life better. And I am happier now because of that. Awesome. I like to ask all of my guests this question. And well, there's two questions I like to ask. The first one is this Jay. If young Jay walked in the room, he's five, six, seven years old. Now let's, you know, ignore the, you know, the sci-fi stuff here. (laughs) <laughs> you know, there's, there's the, well, what happened? You know, you get into the, the astrophysics of all this, ignore that part, but young Jay walks in the room and you've got the opportunity to speak into his life. What do you want him to know? Mm, I think, I think something that would have helped me if I could go back and change some of the, I've had a wonderful military career and I would do it all over again. I wish that I would have, really focused my attention on school a little bit better and, and, 
just did a better job pursuing my education. I didn't have a family dynamic that, uh, I mean, I was one of the first people to actually like graduate high school. So the military was a way for me to escape that, but I wish I would have been able to go to like a military academy or maybe went to ROTC and maybe start uh, my, because I, I, ultimately commissioned, but I wish I, what would my life have looked like had I commissioned earlier, maybe how much greater an impact I would have made in the military had I started sooner uh, in that route. So that'd be one thing that I, 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 cause I, a lot of times I just blew off class. I was always smart enough to, I got my, I kept my grades up, but I just did the bare minimum. And I'm like, wow, I really wish I would have like doubled down on that. And I wish I would have pursued that or maybe had someone in my life to kind of coach me along and, uh, and, and yeah, help me along with that, that Avenue. And what would, what would my life have been like, or how could I make an impact on the army that way? Hmm. That's a really insightful and thoughtful response. I love that. All right. Then the next question is this, you know, we've got men of all different kinds, different ages, different persuasions. They're listening. What is your best advice for them today? My best advice is, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, they're obviously engaged in personal development. And I think that continue to engage in it. And I think that there are different levels of personal development you can read books and you can read podcast, listen to podcasts and you can do the, the learning on your own. But if you haven't like find a group to be a part of like a mastermind group, get involved in group coaching, get involved in one-on-one coaching, it will fundamentally change your life. It's fundamentally changed my life and my outlook. And it's ultimately, it's leading to like a career. I'm so excited. I didn't know what I was going to do after the military, which is one of the reasons I got so depressed too. It's like, okay, I'm in this bad situation. I don't even know what life is like after the military. What is going to, what, I can't, going to, in, in walking into corporate America after, you know, doing this fulfilling work. Um, and then even then it's like, this work is not being fulfilling because I want to end my life. What am I going to do next? But when I, I, I feel like all my experiences, the military, being an instructor, commander, uh, all the leadership positions that I've held, and then my experience, which pulled me, the, the the personal development, which pulled me out of this dark spot in my life, really set the tone for this next chapter of my life, because I literally had no idea what I was going to do. And then when I went down to, uh, I was in a, at an event, you know, and I'd already been participating in group coaching and whatnot, but I went to the Brendan Bouchard event, the High Performance Academy, and I didn't even know he had coaches. I'm like, would you want to be a part of my team and be a coach, you know? And I'm like, hell yeah, I, this is, this would be awesome. Like, this is my calling. And uh, so it was a big investment and I plunked the money down, not knowing I was going to get into. And I, and I got involved in that community, started doing the training and uh, like, this is it for me. I absolutely love helping other people. And yeah, so my, I mean, I'm jazzed about like, if you're in that, if you're on the, the, there's a ladder of personal development, keep climbing that ladder, keep climbing, get deeper, get engaged in it. It's going to fundamentally transform your life. And when like, one of the questions I love is like, who loses if you don't win? Like when you're winning, like your family is winning, your marriage is better. You're more connected with your kids, people at work with that depend on you, you get a better version of you. And so of all the things that you can engage in, like personal development, working out and taking care of yourself, make that a priority. Awesome. Very good advice. 
So if our guys want to get in touch with you, they want to see the work you're doing, maybe learn about your coaching, what's the best way for them to, to connect with you? You can find me on, on Instagram, Facebook, JTEGS, T-I-E-G-S. I've also got a website, www.jteegs.com, J-A-Y-T-I-E-G-S.com. You can look up the Do Hard Things podcast, but uh, an interview like you're doing and teach personal development like you're doing, same type of work. And um, yeah, those are the best ways. Feel free to reach out to me on social media. Would uh, love to connect. Awesome. Jay, I really have enjoyed this conversation. I feel like we could probably talk for another hour. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I so love may- it. So maybe we'll have to do another podcast uh, maybe later in the season or for next season at some point. Cause I, I think we've got some really cool, I'd love to hear more about your adventures and the, the things that you've done. And I think that would be pretty cool. So anytime let's do it. I absolutely appreciate the work that you're doing. I, I love the work that you're putting out there. And uh, like I said, we're all, you know, only 10% of people are engaged in personal development, like 10%. Like there's so many people out there that need to hear the message of, of personal growth and development. It can fundamentally change your life. And there's so many, there's so much angst in the world right now. It's like, how the hell do we change the world? If you want to make the world a better place, make yourself better. That's where you start. So thank you for having me on. I really appreciate the conversation. Awesome. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. JTGs, we really appreciate you. We appreciate the work you're doing and we want to support you. So guys, all of you go to the show notes, click through to the links, follow Jay so you can see the work that he's doing as he's coaching men and women to live lives as high performance as they can. He's encouraging guys to do things that are hard. Let's let's show him some love. Listen, if you appreciate this episode of the Manlyhood Mancast or any episode, what I want you to do is I want you to subscribe or follow the podcast or follow the YouTube channel. I want you to share it with people. I want you to leave a rating, a review. Let's get the word out about what Manlyhood is, what it does, and how we can support other men on their journey to becoming better. Listen, I love you guys, I care about you, and I'll see you next time. If you want to be a better man, check out our website, manlyhood.com, for blogs, videos, and more from our Manlyhood team. Men, you can also join our private Facebook group, Manlyhood Man Cave, where you can meet up with a band of brothers who will challenge you and help you on your journey of manhood. This episode is produced by Hatcher Media for manlyhood.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to the show. Tune in again for more of the Manlyhood Mancast.